I would like to welcome all of you to our Bible study, to our weekly Bible study. We have these Bible studies every Monday. And also I want to welcome you to 2021. We are looking forward to a great Bible study and studying God's Word together in 2021 again. My name is Dr. Abraham Manasseh. You may download or listen to some of the Bible studies that we have done in the past. You can go to www.drmanasseh.com D-R-M-A-N-A-S-E.com we, we are living in very difficult times. We are living in times of uncertainties. All of us have been directly or indirectly affected by COVID-19. We are living in pain. What we see on TV, what we, have, we used to see being broadcast, what you have been reading on newspapers, what you have been listening to on the radios, it's no longer just news. It's no longer just numbers. These are people. These are people with names. These are people who are part of us. These are our family members. These are our friends, our relatives. These are our colleagues and neighbors. These are our church members. Many people have become hopeless because of this situation. We have people who are dying every day. You have to understand that without hope, it's very difficult to face the next day. Hope is the reason for our living. Once you lose hope, you know you feel like you have no reason to continue living. You see no reason for waking up even in the morning. When, when, you, have, when you have lost hope, you don't see any reason why you should face the next day. Let me say this to you today. You may lose everything. You may lose money. You may lose your job. You may lose your car. You may lose your house. But don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. I know you could be in pain right now. But I pray for you. I want to encourage you. I beg you. Please do not lose hope. I pray that you will have hope, even in this hopeless situation. I pray that you will have hope against hopelessness. You know, all countries, you know, they have reached a point where nobody knows what to do. Even our politicians, they don't know what to do. Our politicians and our governments have been exposed that they cannot solve all our problems. We can't put our hope on the government and politicians anymore. We have so much fatigue and pain right now. You know, the social media, like Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, you know, they have become death announcement platforms. The question we all ask ourselves is, how can I have hope when there is nothing positive that I see around me? You know, some social media could be the cause of your depression. 
If possible, I will advise you to take off. You know, take some break off. Take some break off some of these uh, some of these groups or Facebook uh, pages, because the more you participate, the more depressed you become. Because most of the messages that they post, it's just propaganda videos, you know, and pictures that make you become more and more depressed and hopeless. And today, I want to talk about hope in a hopeless situation like this. How can we have hope in a hopeless situation like this? In Luke chapter 10, we find a lawyer who asked Jesus a very fundamental question. This is a question that we should also, all of us, ask if we are honest with ourselves. All of us, we have to ask these questions at some point. His question was, what can he do to enter or to inherit the eternal life? This is a very, very important question. This is a question that we must you know, grapple with. We must always constantly ask ourselves. If you do not ask yourself this question or behave in the right way, you know, you behave like this question does not exist. We have to ask ourselves such questions. It's very, very important. If you don't ask yourself such questions, how can I inherit the kingdom of God? You are living in deception. So you have to keep asking yourself this question and make sure that you live right. You do right before God. And after this lawyer asked him this question, Jesus asked him of the two most important laws. And the lawyer knew the answer. He knew the law very well. And he said, first one, but the first, the first law is the law of love. It says you have to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. So the second one is that you should love your neighbor as yourself. Now, in verse 28, Jesus says you have answered correctly. You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. And Jesus thought he's done. He has answered the, this guy. But this guy, the lawyer, the Bible says he continues to, in, to engage Jesus. And he asked him another question. He asked him a very simple but very important question. He says, who is my neighbor? Yes, I want to do right. Yes, I want to, I want to treat my, my neighbor right. Yes, I want to love my neighbor. But who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And from verse 30, we see Jesus responding to this question. Luke chapter 10, verse 30. And when Jesus replied, he said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Verse 31. Then a priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Verse 32. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side also. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. 
And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He brought him to, the, to an inn and took care of him. And verse 35 says, The next day he took out two denarius and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. And Jesus went back to him and said, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? In verse 37, the expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. This is very important. Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Now when Jesus replied, he replied in the form of a story. And there are some few lessons that I want us to, to learn in this hopeless situation. This Jewish man, he was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he was attacked by, by the robbers or by the soldiers. So they stripped him of his clothes. They beat him up. And they left him half naked or half dead beside the road. You know, one thing that we notice in the Bible is every time you move away from Jerusalem, the Bible says you are moving down. Every time they go to Jerusalem, they are moving down. Up. They were going up to Jerusalem. We go up to Jerusalem. So, but the Bible says here he was moving, he was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. This man had a destiny. He was going somewhere. He was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Down to Jericho. Now, if you look at the distance between Jerusalem. And Jericho, it's about 25 uh, kilometers. It's about 25 kilometers. So that's the distance between Jerusalem and Jericho. So he moved from Jerusalem and he traveled to, to Jericho. So Jericho is northeast, 25 kilometers northeast of Jerusalem. And that's where the man was traveling. And if you look at this place, this place, it's mountainous. It's mountainous. So it's a very, very rugged area. It's not a smooth area to travel. It's not, a, it's, it's not an easy place to travel. And this man, he was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And it's very, very important that we understand that as he was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, there were some challenges in his trip. His trip was not as smooth as he expected. His trip was not as, you know, as, as he expected it to be. I had an opportunity to visit Israel. I had, I had an opportunity also to visit Jericho, to see these two places, to see this Jerusalem, 
which is about 25 kilometers from Jericho. So Jerusalem is the main city. Jerusalem, that's where everything was happening. That's the place where people went, maybe for work, if it was a migrant uh, working uh, class like, like, like we have today. So they will go to Jerusalem to look for a job or to work there because that's where everything was. That's where the temple was. That's where, you know, the kingdom was. So from them, maybe, I don't know, maybe once a week or once a month or once a year, they will travel and go back to their, to their homes to see their families. So they'll go to, to, to Jericho as one of the places that they will, maybe they will go back home to. So they will visit such, such places. You know, it is said that Jericho today is, is the oldest city of the world. It is known as the oldest city of, of the world. So we all know about Jericho. We all know about Jericho. You know, Jericho is the last uh, city that the Israelites conquered before they entered the promised land. So they walked around the city for about uh, seven times for a week. And on the seventh day, the Bible says, as they shouted and worshipped, the walls of Jerusalem fell. Jerusalem is the same city where Zacchaeus climbed the tree to see Jesus when he passed by. So here is the man who was traveling from, 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 from Jerusalem to Jericho. This man was on a journey. He had a destiny. He was going somewhere. He was going from Jerusalem down to Jericho. We are on a journey in this life. We are going somewhere. You are born for a purpose. There are things that God expects you to do. There are things that God wants to fulfill. You have a destination in this world. You are born to solve a particular problem. Just because you don't know your purpose does not mean that you have no purpose. If you do not know the purpose of a thing, you will always abuse it. A lot of people abuse themselves. They abuse their lives. They abuse their bodies because they do not understand the purpose of their lives. Some abuse their lives and their bodies uh, with, with drugs and alcohol and other stuff. Unfortunately, some people who do not understand the purpose of, of, of your life, they may even abuse you. If a man doesn't understand the purpose of his wife, he will abuse her. Abuse is a, as a result of lack of understanding. You are born for a purpose. You are born for a purpose. You are born for a purpose. And God is the one who gives you the purpose. When you have no purpose, you have no direction. You will follow anything that sounds popular, anything that comes across. I pray that God will help you to discover your purpose. I pray that you know that you are going somewhere. Now this man, as he was traveling from Jerusalem, going somewhere, going to Jericho, he met some robbers. And these guys, the Bible says they took everything that he had. They took all his money. They took all his luggage or his bags. I don't know what he had. Maybe he had some toys for his kids. Maybe he had some gifts for his family. As he was going back home, maybe he told them in advance that I'm coming home to see you this weekend. And that area was known 
for being full of robbers. So a lot of people were robbed maybe in that area. It is like most of the notorious areas in your city or in your area. You know that there are some places where you cannot walk alone, especially at night. Once the sun set, everybody is home at that, at that area or in that particular place. This man, he was injured on his journey to his destination. And unfortunately, life is full of disappointments. At some point, you will meet these robbers in your life. As you try to fulfill your purpose, as you try to do what God wants you to do, there are some robbers who will rob you of your joy. Some will rob you of your happiness. Some will rob you of your purpose. And they will leave you confused. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, The enemy, the devil, he comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy the devil is not there to help you. The devil is not your friend and he will never change his mind. The devil hates you with a passion. Even if you calm down, you know, you, you try to love him, you try to be nice to him and some people even, they, they even call themselves devil worshippers. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He will continue to hate you with a passion. His nature is hatred. He hates anything that is good in you. I want to tell you one thing about my, my brother, my sister. I want to tell you about God. God loves you. And God will always love you. God loves you and he will always love you. In John chapter 3 verse 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I have a big announcement to make for you today. The devil hates you. But God loves you. The devil hates you. But God loves you. Some of you have been emotionally attacked. And you are injured right now as I speak. Some have been mentally injured. You know, the trip of this man was not an easy trip. As he was traveling, he came across these guys and they attacked him. They attacked him. They attacked him. People who do not understand your purpose, they will always attack you. People who do not understand that you are going somewhere, they will always be against you. People who always follow you, befriend you, and maybe even side with you until you say something they do not agree with. Maybe they do not understand your purpose. They do not agree with your purpose. People expect you to conform. They expect you to be politically correct. They expect you to do what they expect you to do. Now these robbers, the Bible says they left this man half dead. Some of you have been left half dead by situations. By, by the difficult moments that you have gone through in life. You have gone through a rough relationship and it has left you half dead. You feel paralyzed in your life. Then you told yourself, you will never trust any woman again. You will never trust any man again. Your vision is dead. You are not even living, you know, as, as, as you are supposed to. Actually, you are just surviving. That is why when we ask you, how are you doing? You simply say, I'm here. And just surviving. You feel like you have no hope. For the future 
And maybe even as we go through this COVID-19 situation, some of you have lost hope. COVID has robbed you of your family. It has robbed you of your friends. It has robbed you of your neighbor, of your colleague. You are left half dead. You are living in fear. All your dreams, all your hopes, all your visions are dead. You ask yourself, how will I live? How will I continue when life is like this? You are left half dead by the calamities of this life. You ask yourself a lot of questions that no one has answers to. My prayer is, please do not lose hope. Please do not give up. I know it is difficult. I know you are in pain right now. I also watch the same news that you watch. I read the same newspapers that you read. Please do not give up on your dreams. There is still hope in Christ. In verse 31, the Bible says a priest happens to be coming down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. He avoided him. The Levite also did the same thing. He passed by on the other side. As this man was lying down there, he saw this fellow Jew, the priest, coming. When he saw a priest coming towards him, he had a ray of hope. You know, a priest would, would be like a pastor or a bishop uh, today. A priest represented people before God. He interceded for people. He was for the people. You will obviously expect him to be quick to help the injured. You will expect him to be compassionate. And since they were, they were both Jews, you will expect him, Father, you will expect him to, 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 be, to be a father figure to him. Probably maybe you might, you might have seen him in some of the ceremonies or celebrations in the past. Maybe you will say, oh, I saw him in one of our church services. I saw him, he was a speaker at our annual conference. Surely this one is going to help me. Unfortunately, he was disappointed. Once he noticed that the man is injured, the priest did not even come closer. Maybe did not even associate himself with him. As I'm speaking right now, maybe you have been rejected by your pastor. You feel like nobody is willing to help you as you go through these challenges in life. Maybe you have lost faith and trust in your church. You have seen the so-called Christians do things you never expected them to do. As I'm speaking right now, you, you are just hopeless. You are just hopeless. And, and you don't even want to hear anything about the so-called church. You don't, you don't hear anything about Christians. Because according to, to you, the church was supposed to help you, but now they became hypocrites. The church is full of hypocrites. So because of all this, because of these people who did not support you when you needed some support, because of these people who disappointed you, you have lost hope. You have lost faith. You know, some people, they have lost faith and they have run away from God. And they say, oh, we pray to the universe. What is that? To the universe. Because they avoid going back to God. 
Just because you are disappointed by your priest, just because you are disappointed by your bishop, just because you are disappointed by your pastor, that does not give you the right or the license to reject God or to leave God. Your faith should not be based on your bishop or your pastor, but your faith should be based on God. Here we see a Levite also, he came. And he did the same thing, he avoided him also. But the Levites, these were the guys who were serving in the temple. They were serving in the temple. Maybe the person who disappointed you also could be someone who is serving in church. Maybe they need praise and worship. Maybe he serves as an Aisha. Maybe he's one of the church leaders. Maybe he's the keyboard player. You're asking yourself some questions. How can someone who, who, who looked to, to be serving God so faithfully neglect or ignore, or ignore me? Why? Why? Nobody's willing to check on me in my pain. And now you don't have any faith in them. You have given up on God. Let me say this to you, my brother, my sister. People are human beings. And people will always disappoint you. Unfortunately, none of them helped this injured man. I do not know what they did to you. But please, do not lose hope in God. If you fix your eyes and expect people to help you, you will be disappointed. People are going through their own personal challenges right now. Maybe the priest and the Levite, they also had their own fears also. They thought if we wait and try to help this young man, if we wait and try to help him, it could be risky for my life. What if those robbers are hiding so they could also attack anyone who will stop and help this man? It is difficult times. It's very difficult. It's very important that you should put your trust in God. God will never disappoint you, my friend. Your friends, your relatives, your family, they're also going through some challenges. They're going through their own pain right now. You know, COVID has affected all of us. I'm sure this man, he lost hope. He did not expect to find any hope. I mean, once a priest and a Levite could not help you, who else can help you? Most of you, as I speak right now, Maybe you're hopeless. You're hopeless. But then a Samaritan came. Samaritans, these are the people who, uh, who were of a lower class or a lower standard or a lower race. Totally different from the Jews. Now the Romans at that time were the highest on the social structure or political structure of the land. They were in control of everything. And under the Romans were the Jews. And the lowest level, the lowest class under the Jews were the Samaritans. Samaritans were even rejected by the Jews. Because the Jews, they looked at the Samaritans as the outcasts. And they, I mean the Samaritans, they also knew that. Everybody hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans were oppressed and hated by the Jews and the Romans. The Samaritans were double uh, oppressed. That is why the story of the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 is very, very significant. Imagine how difficult it was for this woman. I mean, she was a woman, but not only a woman, but a Samaritan woman. 
She was triple oppressed by the men, oppressed by the Jews, and oppressed by the Romans. So generally, the Samaritans were even poor. So nobody expected anything good from this Samaritan. Nobody expected anything positive out of these poor Samaritans. The Samaritans was like the Jews' worst enemies at that time. So a Samaritan was the last person that you would expect to help this Jew who was attacked. In verse 33, the Bible says, But a Samaritan, as he traveled, he came where the man was. This one, he did not avoid him. He went straight to where the man was. And when he saw him, the Bible says, he took pity on him. He felt sorry for him. And he went to him. And he bandaged his wounds. He poured an, an oil and wine on him. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. Verse 35. The next day, he took out two denarii and he gave them to the innkeeper. He says, look after him and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. You know, the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans was not a healthy one. Samaritans were looked down upon by the Jews. But this injured man, he was helped by the Samaritan. He did not expect the Samaritan to help him. He expected his fellow Jews to help him. He expected the priests to help him. He expected Levites to help him. And none of them did. The Samaritan did not focus on what people are saying. He did not focus on what people, uh, how people look at him. They look at him as a mixed race, as a useless person. But the Bible says he had pity on him. He had pity on him. And he went down. He went down and he bandaged his wounds. This Samaritan, he came and he helped him. He had a good heart. He had a good heart. And also another thing that we see about him, it's like he, he was a well-to-do man. He was a well-to-do man. He was able to pay for all these expenses. You know, sometimes it's possible that you are willing to help. But you have no resources. You have no money. You have no money. Sometimes you have a good, a good heart. But you can't help. This man, he had both. He had money and he had a good heart. He had a donkey. And that was the main means of transport at that time. We don't read anywhere that the Jew who was attacked, the priest and the Levite, that they had donkeys. But this, this Samaritan, he could afford to have a means of transportation. He could afford to have a donkey to help others. The purpose of your prosperity is not to show off. It's not to display on Facebook or WhatsApp. The purpose of your success and prosperity should be to help other people who have been robbed in this life. Help those that are going through some challenges of life. I will advise you to save as much money as you can so that you can be able to help other people. So that you can be able to be, to be there for other people 
Remember, you can't help anybody if you are broke. You know, in one of our Bible sessions, I will talk about finances. And I will talk about how do you get out of debts. So you may have money to help other people. No matter how much good your heart is, broke can't save broke. Broke can't save broke. So if you are broke, you can't help another person who is broke. So when you get the money, when you end the money, the purpose of the money is to help you, but also to help other people. You should be like the Samaritan. Jesus says, go and do likewise at the end. In verse 34, the Bible says, he went uh, to him and he bandaged his wounds. He poured on oil and wine on his wounds. And he helped him heal. He helped him heal. That is the key. My question to you today is, as we go through this difficult time, whose wounds are you bandaging in life? This Samaritan would have said, I'm also in pain. These Jews hate us. They are oppressing us. I have no time to help them. He could have just focused on his own pain. But the question is, who are you encouraging? Who are you helping financially? Who are you praying for every day? Or is it all about you and your family? Now, as you heal other people, you will also get healed. Remember, the pipe that supplies the water to your house, it also gets wet. So as you help other people, you also will get helped. Learn to speak life to other people. Learn to encourage other people. Pray with other people. You know, the Bible says he even poured oil, olive oil, on him. You know, the oil during that time was the medication for, for wounds. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He realized that the wound was so big that he cannot help him. And he took him to the place where he could find help. If you can't help a person, at least try your best to lead him to the place where he can get some help. Who are you putting on your donkey? Whose spirit are you uplifting as you leave? Or you are just focusing on your own pain? Please help other people get better. Lift their spirit also. Give them the help that they need. Bible says he brought him to an inn so they could take care of him. He even paid for all the expenses, all the accommodation and the hospital bills. And whose bills are you helping to pay today? And the last one, verse 35, the Bible says, The next day he took out two denarius and he gave them to the innkeeper. He said, look, take care of him. And when I return, I'll reimburse you. For any extra expense that you may have. As I'm going to close, let's look at this man. He was hated as a Samaritan. But there are some few things that he had. Number one, he had compassion. He had a compassionate heart. He had a donkey, a means of transportation. He had a first kid or first aid kid. He had good credit. They, they could trust him. He was trustworthy. Now, there are people that you expect to help you, but did not help you. This, this injured man, he expected the priest to help him. He expected the Levite to help him, but they did not, they did not help him. 
Let me say this to you today as you go through this pain. God will bring help from people you did not expect. You will meet people you did not expect to help you and God will bring them to you. Your path will, will come across such people. People will disappoint you. People are just human beings. So we should not put our trust in a fellow human being. We should not put our trust on people. Because people will disappoint you. People will disappoint you. But God will never disappoint you. Put your hope on God. Put your hope on God. He will never disappoint you. And in Esther chapter 4 verse 14, Mordecai once said to Esther, For if you remain silent at this time, relief or help and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Of all the people, the Samaritans saved a Jew. Nobody will have expected that to happen. Nobody will have thought that will ever be possible. Sometimes the people and the institutions that you are, you are expecting to help you, that you put your trust on, may not be able to help you. My brother, my sister, I know you are in pain right now. You are hopeless and discouraged right now. Please do not lose hope. Please hope again. Please dream again. Please trust God again. I believe God will bring help to you. God will bring help even from places and people that you never expected. He's always faithful and trustworthy. Don't lose hope. He loves you. Don't get discouraged. He's always on your side. And God will always be there for you. If you want to connect with us, please feel free to connect with us. You can get all our messages from, I mean, you can check on drmanasseh.com, drmanasseh.com. May God continue to bless you as you continue to trust Him. Thank you.